Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Podcast IRL will be live in Miami with Patrick Bet David, Donald Trump Jr., Matt Gates, and Luke Rudkowski. Join us there. Get your tickets by clicking the link in the description below or by going to TimCast.com. Many of you may be watching this video on YouTube. In fact, most of you are. But many of you may actually be watching this video on Rumble. Rumble, an excellent video service. We use Rumble. We post all our clips on Rumble. We use Rumble infrastructure for TimCast.com in basically every single way, from our Rumble-affiliated parallel economy payment processor to our servers, and so much more. Because we're huge fans, we need to support the parallel economy and those that would provide infrastructure to those of us that want to call out inequalities, injustice, and speak true about individuality, meritocracy, personal responsibility, etc., and call out the lives of the mainstream media. Right now, we are witnessing a coordinated move against Russell Brand. And because Rumble has refused to bend the knee, particularly to the UK government that sent a letter effectively demanding the removal of Russell Brand because Rumble says no, then eyes are out. Not only are we seeing advertisers pull all ads from Rumble, We are now seeing conversations about Rumble needing to be banned under online safety laws. Did you think it was going to be easy? 2024 is just around the corner. And while Russell Brand is not an American personality, he speaks to issues that deeply impact the United States, particularly our support and the West's support for the war in Ukraine, by which most of us especially fans of Russell Brand, are not fans of Western involvement in a country we are not aligned with, we're not allied with. Some people refer to Ukraine as the Afghanistan of Europe. I like Ukraine. I have friends from Ukraine. It's a beautiful country. It is terrible what is happening there. And I don't know that the entirety of what's happening with Russell Brand and Rumble has to do with Ukraine. Some believe that the moves against Rumble are being made and Russell Brand because Russell Brand spoke out against Big Pharma. I'm not so convinced. You know, you, you, you speak out against Big Pharma and you get angry advertisers and it can cause problems. That could be why we see, I don't know, YouTube, for instance, demonetizing Russell Brand and say, OK, OK, don't pull your money. But when we learned the UK government sent a letter to networks and various social media platforms, basically giving the mafia shakedown of, you know, it'd be a shame if Russell Brand made money off your platform. You know what I'm saying? We got those letters published. You see, I don't know. I don't know where we got the TikTok letters from. I, I saw that Mario Knopfel on Twitter. He posted a letter that TikTok received 
But Chris Pavlovsky, the CEO of Rumble, personally put out a message and the letter saying, no way. Because if Rumble were to pull Russell Brand, it would destroy their entire business model, which is we are the competition for the censorious government controlled garbage networks, which is why many of you may be watching this video on Rumble. Let's talk. Let's 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 start from the beginning with Russell Brand and where we're at currently. Over the weekend, we learned that big networks, big ad networks, advertising firms were pulling all of their ads. Newsweek reports Burger King called woke after Russell Brand advert move. All right. So where are we at? This is from this is a report from the other day. They say Burger King has come under fire after it pulled advertisements from Rumble, which hosts the broad the podcasts of British comedian Russell Brand, who has been accused of rape and sexual assault. The news movement said the fast food, uh, the news movement said the fast food company, along with ASOS and HelloFresh, were among several businesses to pull their advertisements from the video streaming platform. The fast food chain has not yet disclosed the exact reasons behind the move, although some on social media have connected it with accusations leveled at brand. Newsweek has contacted Burger King for and, and brand for comment via email. The decision follows a joint investigation by the Sunday Times, the Times and UK broadcaster Channel 4's dispatches. Yeah, 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 yeah. We get it. You've accused Russell Brand. And you know what? I like what Russell Brand has to say as it pertains to massive multinational corporations and war. I do not care for anything Russell Brand may have done in the past as a lewd and lascivious comedian. That is to say, you will not besmirch the ideas he has because of his past behavior. And I will not defend any past behavior other than to say, accusations are not proof. In fact, they're just that. So why are you pulling ads off of Rumble? Because a dude who makes videos there has been accused. This is, I believe it's fair to say, a coordinated effort for political reasons. Probably war. Look, Russell Brand comes out. He speaks out against Big Pharma. Again, some of these platforms like YouTube might be like, dude, we get too much money from from Pfizer and Moderna or whatever company. I'm not saying I know that definitively. I just know that a lot of news programs are sponsored by big pharmaceutical companies because we have those viral videos where it's like brought to you by Pfizer, brought to you by Pfizer, et cetera, et cetera. But you're not going to get a coordinated campaign against a private business because of Pfizer. I mean, for the most part, obviously, big corporations are powerful and they're going to try and pull strings and say, stop this guy from besmirching our brand, maybe. But Russell Brand said this on Bill Maher's show on real time. And where's Bill Maher? I mean, he certainly tried to stop Russell Brand. Don't get me wrong. But I think probably war in Ukraine stuff. Yeah, because Russell Brand is very anti-war and he's too famous. And we've seen things like this in the past where very famous celebrities speak out against U.S. war efforts or Western war efforts, and then uh, bad things happen to them. But what happens if Russell Brand were to suddenly kick the bucket or if he were to buy a farm, if you know what I mean? Well, it would immortalize his ideas and there would be paintings of him everywhere. So you must destroy their name like they did with Julian Assange. This is not a conspiracy theory. I am not saying outright this is what has been done. I am saying outright that we have letters from the UK government explicitly, explicitly saying Russell Brand should not be allowed to make money at all. Well, that's weird. Stripping him of his influence, the government. Uh Oh, and, you know, in these trying times, I have to wonder what the uh, bigger agenda is. Well, as of this morning, The Sun published 
Russell Brand's refuge platform, Rumble, may be forced offline under new internet safety laws. They are telling you outright where you are headed. And maybe, maybe they are making these moves. Maybe they will try to do what they did to Parler to Rumble. Don't know, don't care. We will keep using Rumble. We're on YouTube, don't get me wrong. Most people are still watching on YouTube, but it's an opportunity to make sure everyone knows Rumble exists. And this is the nature of capitalism. I'm a huge fan of Rumble. Like I mentioned, TimCast.com. Become a member today by clicking join us over at TimCast.com. And when you sign up, you utilize a service called Parallel Economy. Parallel Economy, backed by, uh, I don't know, I want to be careful I say this. I think it's like Rumble uh, might own half of it or something like this. Dan Bongino is heavily involved. It is a payment processor, much in the vein of what Rumble is to YouTube. Parallel economy allows you to make transactions outside of the censorious narrative machine. So not only when you sign up for TimCast.com, are you supporting the work we do here with TimCast? You are actually supporting Rumble because we use Rumble's infrastructure. You're supporting the Rumble video player because we post all of our videos to Rumble and use them for our backend members only videos. And you are supporting parallel economy. So when a payment processor does, handles a transaction for you, they get a fee. This is the best thing about what we are setting up. Oh, yeah. You don't like it when you sign up for a website or you buy something and pay a fee to the credit card companies. Oh, it's brutal, isn't it? The payment processor and the credit card companies being different. I know, I know, I know. But get this. Consider it this way. When you sign up at TimCast.com, that fee that we that come. OK, so you give us 10 bucks. We pay a fee. That's right. We pay a percentage to Parallel Economy because they're doing a service for us, handling the transactions. But guess what? It's different this time. It's not the same as if any other payment processor was taking money from you to run the transaction. Parallel economy is fighting the culture war. So consider it this. You're not paying a fee. We're not we're not losing. I mean, so you just pay the 10 bucks, right? Plus, I think it's plus tax. I'm not sure. And then uh, check. But a portion of that goes towards fighting the culture war. I am proud to say, isn't it funny? It's like a payment processor taking a fee is actually helping win the culture war. Yes, because if parallel economy grows and they and they keep getting more and more people signing up to various different services and websites and making more transactions, parallel economy makes more money and we shut down this machine. They want to eliminate Rumble. It's very difficult, though. Rumble has a massive market cap. I think it's worth billions of dollars based on its uh, its market cap in uh, on the stock market. With the stock, the stock market market cap, blah, 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 blah. But you see, it, it goes from Russell Brand shouldn't be allowed to speak to. They should they, they may remove Rumble. Here's what the Sun reports. The Canada based platform is under scrutiny after being used by Brand to share videos as he den- denies allegations of rape and assault. He has been posting daily videos of his stay free program on Rumble since signing a deal with the website a year ago. It now faces being regulated by UK media watchdog Ofcom under the new online safety bill, which was approved by Parliament last week. Tougher new rules could prompt Rumble's bosses to stop broadcasting to Britain. And you know what Rumble is going to say? Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. 
They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. I guarantee you this. Rumble will give a big, fat middle finger to the UK government. You know how we know? Because they've already done it. I believe it was in France. I think it was France. When, when Chris Pavlovsky, the CEO, was told censor or else, he said, shove it. He didn't literally say that. He said, with all due respect, good sir, while we understand the position, we here at Rumble will not. You want to know why? First of all, Rumble exists and and, and the ancillary rumble infrastructure they're building all out of Florida, the work that Chris Pavlovsky is doing, what Dan Bongino has, has, has done with, with them as well. I, I believe Charlie Kirk, uh, full disclosure, I, I do own a small amount of shares in, in rumble, relatively, depending on your definition. What, what is being built here is pure, beautiful capitalism. YouTube loses prominent personalities. They tell Dan Bongino, if they, they, I, this is what happened with Dan Bongino, they said, if you keep repeating these claims about, I think it was masks, we will ban your channel. And Dan Bongino said, screw off. I have more subscribers on Rumble anyway. What do I care? <laughs> you can't. You can't do it. You can't. YouTube, you can't do it. They did. They were like, OK, we'll take it down. He was like, bye, I guess. <laughs> He's still getting millions of views and he has more subscribers on Rumble. That is the beauty of Rumble. And this is what I want to build in the culture war in so many different ways. I've met people, celebrities, skateboarders. You know, I've, I'm, I'm friends with a handful of pro skateboarders. I've been skateboarding my whole life. And a conversation comes up with uh, many pro athletes, celebrities, musicians. Musicians, for instance, I'll say, why don't you speak out against what's happening? And some have and some don't. And I'm told, dude, I hear you, man, but I've got kids and I will lose contract X, Y, and Z, A, B, and C. Hmm. It's tough. It's tough. There are people who would say, it is better that my children have food than experience the hardship of me losing my jobs and being ostracized. I totally understand and respect the position, but respect does not mean support or agree with. I respect it in, I get it. I don't have kids. And I can certainly understand you would say the culture war and what is happening in this country is not more important than putting food on the table for my children. Me, I come up from, I have, a, I have a rather different view, I suppose. A lot of people have said the founding fathers would not tolerate what's happening today. And I certainly agree, though I do think a lot of people don't understand that the founding fathers, literally, the war had already started before they signed the Declaration of Independence. Like, you got to understand, the founding fathers weren't like, should we go to war? Like, they were at war. And then they were like, OK, that's it. You played, you played hardball. Here we go. They, they actually tried avoiding it to a, to a great degree. But there's a lot of people who say the founding fathers wouldn't tolerate this. Yeah, well, the founding fathers sacrificed their, the safety of their families when they declared independence. War was upon them. And they knew that by signing this, not only were they putting themselves at risk, they're putting their families at risk. 
But so here's where we are. For those people that say, oh, I, I, I can't risk this. I, I respect it. I do. I do. Okay. Me personally, I don't know. I don't have kids. And, I, and, I, and that's why I respect it. It's hard for me to say, right? But I do think it's important to understand, as James O'Keefe said, if you refuse to stand up against the injustices that are happening today, you are directly responsible for the future your children inherit. And perhaps that future will be your children in a gulag. The gulag, gulag was the name of the agency, not the actual prisons, but that's colloquially what it's become. Ian likes to point that out on, on, on Tim Castillo. And so I wonder, short-term gains, long-term losses. There's a question I have for everybody, a legitimate question. I ask only that you speak up, that you literally just say no. Um, I think that's the most effective thing we can do right now, because I do believe that if Donald Trump wins, this starts shutting down. No, for real, I really do. I really do think so. And so the issue is the food on the table. But in 10 years, there will be no food. In 10 years, your child will be living in a pod and eating the bugs. They'll be plugged into the metaverse, living in a pod that's, you know, four feet by four feet strapped into a, onto a table in the metaverse or whatever. So I really do wonder, you know, people who say like, I am not going to risk my family. It's like, you're not. You want your kid to live in the pod and eat the bugs. Let me say it again. Do you want your child to live in the pod and eat the bugs? Do you think that owning nothing will make them happy? Whatever. This idea that it's like, look, man, I'm going to protect my family right now. I'm not speaking up. I'm like, dude, I totally get it. You don't want to you don't want to put your family at risk. Totally get it. But just understand, losing this means your children will live in the pod and eat the bugs. I mean, if you recognize that, I, I've, I've, again, I'm not saying this as like an emotional dig. I'm saying this as a, as a fact statement. The culture war right now is between those who the agenda 2030, take away your cars, smartphone, social credit scores. You eat bugs. You live in the pod and you'll be happy. You'll own nothing. Is that the future you want for your children? Well, that's the future that's coming unless good men speak up. All that is required for evil to triumph is that good people do nothing. And perhaps that's the reality. But here's what we're doing with Rumble. Me, as as somebody who supports the platform, here's what we're doing, me personally, with TimCast.com and the culture war and what we're fighting. We're building a coffee shop. Oh, but it, it is but a humble single location coffee shop. We are we are going through the basics of building a franchise corporation. We are working with Chef Andrew Andrew Gruel, one of the foremost experts in the field in launching restaurants. And we are we we want to have as many of these locations as possible. Just a place sells coffee, nothing else. But it's a place where people can come hang out. You come to get a coffee, you sit down, you hang out. We're going to have Rumble playing on all the TVs. That's right. We're going to have Viva Frey. We're going to have Russell Brand. We're going to have Steven, uh, Steven Crowder. We're going to have Lotus Eaters podcast. We're going to have Stick Six and Hammer. You walk in to buy your coffee and there's a TV playing Lotus Eaters podcast. And we will have these locations in, in strip malls and shopping centers. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of information war they wage against us. Because this is the point. For all of those who are scared to speak up, and I get your position, I have but one simple answer for you. When you say that I got to put food on the table for my kids, and I'll, I'll take all the risks I have to do because food comes first, I say, okay. My solution is, we will build an economy. We will build a parallel economy. So that way, when your boss comes to you and says, if you speak up, you are fired, you can say, I got to be honest, boss. I got an offer from Casper Coffee for this manager position. 
They pay more than you do. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm actually quitting and I'm not giving you two weeks notice. No, 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 no. Don't do that to us. Don't, don't, don't. Please, please. How many, how many people have I talked to who said I have sponsorship contracts? And I say, why don't you speak up? And they say, my, I'll get dropped. Then I lose all my income. Okay. Then here's where we go. I'm going to launch companies and we're going to make money. And then when that pro skateboarder says to their team manager, to their boss, hey, look, man, I don't like that we're having this thing happen in the industry, this wokeness or whatever. And the company says, look, we don't want to get involved. And if you speak up, you'll be in violation of the morality clause in your contract and we will cut you from the team and you will get no income. And then they'll say, I already ride for, let's say, you know, uh, let's let's say the boonies, the new skate. Uh, uh, oh, was I supposed to announce that? The skate project that work out at Freedomistan. They'll say, I already have a contract with them. And I got to be honest, they pay more than you. They have more followers than you. And what's going to happen is when I speak out and I announce that you dropped me for the team over this, whatever it would have cost you in negative press for me speaking out, you will get tenfold when the entirety of the industry sees a backlash and you go Bud Light. How do we get to the point where a regular person can say, if you drop me from the team, you will get the Bud Light treatment? And then they're going to say, no, 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 please don't do that. Please don't do that. We don't, we, we don't want to be involved. Oh, man, what do we do? Yeah, you stand up for what's right. That's what you do. Because I assure you, Bud Light running these ads and, and, and this Dylan Mulvaney thing did not make them any money. It lost them $30 billion in market cap. I, I think the number was $28 billion. Who knows where it's at now? I mean, you could, I could probably look it up. But I'm just saying it's, it's, it, it could be around that number. What was a 30% drop off in their market cap? 30%. Hey, woke corporations, or how about non-woke corporations entertaining wokeness? Do you want to lose all that money? The, the key effort here must be creating a parallel economy, which is why they want to ban Rumble. Because when Russell Brand gets the boot from everywhere, he goes, that's fine. I'm on Rumble. You don't matter anymore. Uh-oh. Can't have Russell Brand spreading his message. Got to shut Rumble down. It ain't going to be so easy because I hate to break it to y'all. We're winning. AP, you've got AP, you've got independent, uh, you've got a bunch of articles. RNC's live streaming partner for the GOP debate is a haven for disinformation and, and extremism. Oh, boy. Yeah, I got to tell you, we're winning. And I know you're looking at this right now and saying, how is this winning? OK, let me show you this article. I, I wonder what Chris is going to say about this. Big fan, Chris, of what you guys are doing over Rumble. Why Rumble stock is plummeting this week. Oh, me, oh, my. Rumble stock is plummeting. I saw this and I went, really? Yeah, there is going to be, in my opinion, a coordinated market attack on Rumble to try and destroy their stock value. But I don't think it matters. You know why? There are too many people using the platform. There is too much invested in this. And there are powerful, wealthy people who stand to lose too much money if they damage Rumble too much. This is going to create a massive inverse pressure against this effort to shut them down. We'll see. With Elon Musk buying X, and I want to make sure I'm very, very clear on this one too. Elon Musk's effort with X deserve tremendous applause. We're huge fans. And hopefully we get to the point where we can launch full shows on X. There's a lot of work that X has to do in order for us to get to that point. And to be fair, YouTube is still our primary platform because we get the bulk of our viewership there. But I think it's important for us to point out when we begin to do ad sales on videos, 
we must take into consideration Twitter and Rumble and our holistic views. But take a look at this article. You're going to love it. Rumble stock is plummeting this week. This article looks bad, but in fact, it inspires me to no end. In fact, it inspires me to double down on Rumble. Let me tell you why. So full disclosure, I have Rumble stock. I have lost a lot of money on Rumble stock. I will not be selling Rumble stock because I actually, in my opinion, I think it's a good investment for me. I can't give you advice. And um, I don't know anything secret about what Rumble's doing behind the scenes or anything like that. And I, you know, it, it is really challenging, right? Because I believe in Rumble and I want to buy a lot of Rumble stock and I bought some. But there are concerns about, like, I know the CEO and stuff like that. I don't talk to him about any, anything. I don't know anything that's going on uh, behind the scenes. I don't want to know anything going, going on behind the scenes. So, like, at this point, like, I'm just not going to buy anymore. I bought some early on. But take a look at this. Rumble stock is sinking this week following the expiration of its lockup period. What? Expiration. And then they go on to say this. CEO Chris Pavlovsky said he would not sell any company stock when the lockup was lifted. He appears to be holding true to that promise, but some investors say otherwise. Why? Look at this. A Form 4 filing with the Security and Exchange Commission showed Pavlovsky disposed of more than 196,200 shares of Rumble stock on September 16th at a price of $6.79 per share. Wait, 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 wait. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Chris Pavlovsky sold off what is approximately $1.3 million of Rumble shares? Whoa. You know, when I read this, I didn't care at all. Why? Because they actually break down exactly what it is. Pavlovsky had to pay his taxes. That's it. Oh, so this is not profit. It was paying taxes on non-cash assets like you'd normally have to. In fact, Pavlovsky owns 140 million shares in the company. That would make him a billionaire. Wow. Well, congratulations, Chris. So when I read that, I was like, oh, okay. So it says that this is actually the form filing has to do with um, paying off tax tax liability arising from vesting or restricted stock units, which were originally granted to Pavlovsky a year ago in connection with the closing of the DSPAC transaction. In other, uh, as noted in the form, Pavlovsky did not sell shares as part of the transaction. Oh. So these were disposed of because of tax liability, not because of personal sales for personal profit. I guess you could argue technically, but like, oh, come on. No, I, I, any, any honest person is going to be like, he's not cashing out $1.3 million to buy himself a yacht. He's paying his tax obligations. So he's not making any money off of the deal. 
He's just covering. I mean, you, your stock skyrockets. You make these deals. He probably made some money. He's got to pay his taxes. I get it. But 140 million shares. Chris is a billionaire. OK, it doesn't mean a, a whole lot, to be completely honest. What is this? At one point, they say it was trading at what? Like, uh, what does it say? 1496? What is this? I don't know what that means. Um, what do they say? <clears throat> Despite being down roughly 69%, uh, it is still, Rumble is still valued at approximately 15 times this year's expected sales. The company is increasing revenue quickly, with sales rising 468% year over year to reach $25 million last quarter. But its growth-dependent valuation opens the door for the stock to see continued volatility. 10 stocks we like better than Rumble. Yeah, spare me. So, uh, you know, for me, I bought a bunch of Rumble stock uh, early on uh, just because I support it. And again, I uh, clarify, I don't know anything about um, I have no I have no insider information is a simple way to put it. And I talked to a lawyer about like, what can I do if I want to acquire Rumble stock? Because I believe in the platform. I'm involved in the space. And they and the advice was basically like, just don't, which is, it's it's weird because I know the CEO and I'm like, OK, whatever. So uh, I don't want to act on anything. So I'm, I'm, I'm staying out of it for the most part. But I do have some losing money on it for the most part. It is what it is. But uh, it is fascinating to me when I see this, talking about Rumble stock going down, because you're going to see a lot more attacks on Rumble because Rumble is succeeding. Yeah. It is weird. It is weird when it comes to stock laws and stuff like this. You've got members of Congress that insider trade all the time pass bills and know they can short or, or uh, put long calls and stuff like that. They know when to make moves and they get rich because of it. And then there are people who might have insider knowledge on like a deal going to be signed between some company or otherwise, and they'll come after you. They'll come after you. Me, I'm straining it again. I don't have any knowledge about what Rumble's plans are, uh, you know, moving forward. All I know is that it is massive opportunity in a, uh, uh, a market that needs competition. So where are we at right now? Russell Brand, they want to remove. Why? I can't say necessarily. We have our theories. And so they are trying to take down Russell Brand and Rumble's refusing. So Rumble is next. This is a direct threat to uh, my stock value. But look, I'm in it for the long haul. I look at what's happening in the public space. I look at what's happening with war, conflict, the culture war. I, and for me, I'm like, I think it's a good bet. That's just me. I'm not telling anybody what to do. You, you got to talk to a financial advisor. I have no idea. I'm just like, you can't have YouTube banning everybody. And I'll put it this way. It's surprising to me to hear that that Rumble stock goes down. Fine. If it's because there was like some despack period or whatever. But if Russell Brand with millions of followers and fans is booted from YouTube, they demonetized and then suspend him. And then he says on Twitter, I'm going to be on X. I'm going to be on Rumble. You're telling me a mainstream high profile celebrity with millions of followers just went exclusive to Rumble because of this? That's going to drive up engagement on the platform. That's going to lead to an increase in revenue, an increase in interest. Hmm. Very interesting. And I'll tell you why I'm, a, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in this one for the long haul with, uh, uh, with Rumble. Aside from the fact that, again, TimCast.com uses this infrastructure. We've, this has all been publicly declared the moment we did it. Chris Pavlovsky tweeted, I'm sorry, he ex posted. YouTube had 20 million users per month in 2006 when it was bought by Google for $1.65 billion, while the site had major stolen content problem, which was not monetizable. In the second quarter of 2023, Rumble reported an average of 44 million monthly active users. Wow. 
YouTube currently has over 2 billion users and Rumble has uh, 44 million and monetized. I'm really excited for uh, ads. I'm excited for the expansion that Rumble is is working out. I don't know how this is going to play out or, or what exactly is happening. Um, I have no idea. I have no idea. But I do know that when I look at our analytics, we can see revenue going up. And I've heard talk that there will be uh, uh, ads coming soon or something like that. I don't know exactly how it how it works out. Um, but we do use Rumble infrastructure for a lot of a lot of uh, different things. And uh, man, I'm really, really excited for this. I think it's going to be huge. 44 monthly active, 44 million monthly active users. Wow. Rumble is skyrocketing. So please, YouTube, keep shutting down popular celebrities and high profile podcasts because then you'll force them all to go to Rumble and then Rumble will just take more of your audience share. Let me tell you guys something. I used to get a lot more views on these videos. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You, you'll, you'll, you'll look at the videos from uh, two years ago or whatever. And uh, I hope people understand this. A couple things happen. There are people who are probably saying, uh, and, and they'll try and use a PR manipulation. So, so, so be careful of these things. They'll be like, hey, look, Tim was getting 200,000 on his videos. Now he's getting 180. Some are only getting 120. Oh, gee, oh, my. How could that be? Because on Rumble, we're getting 50. That's right. YouTube has sacrificed a large portion of its audience for no reason. Okay, YouTube, you realize what's going to happen if you keep playing this game. So I'm getting, uh, uh, let's just say, I think it's like 180, you know, when it used to be 200. Huh. But altogether, I'm getting like 250 across the board because of other platforms. Some people have switched to listening on Spotify, Apple, and other podcasts, because I put this up uh, as a morning show on, on, various, on all the podcast platforms. Some have switched to Rumble, which we now get between 30 and 50K. All YouTube has done is fractured off their audience and cut their market share. Wow. You know, YouTube, you could have taken this approach. You could have taken the approach of trying to lightly guide the message. That means you go to someone who says something bad and you give them a warning. You say, hey, guys, look, we're not going to ban you over this post, this video you made. But if you do it again, we're going to give you a warning. Now, some people say no. And they say, I don't care. Warn me. Fine, whatever. Instead, what YouTube does is YouTube deleted a channel outright. Monkey Jones. This was years ago. 300 some odd thousand subscribers. And I'll never forget it. He had no strikes. His content was monetized. But YouTube took him down. YouTube said to 300 some odd thousand people, even if you don't break the rules, even if we think your content is monetizable, family like like kids could listen to it. It was dark humor, but it wasn't grotesque. It was just dark humor. And YouTube just deleted the channel and the answer and, 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 and monkeys other channels. They outright said in violation of our agreement without warning, we will just excise you from this platform. That's the kind of message that YouTube can't afford to make because of Rumble. YouTube does that now, and already it started to happen. A quarter of my viewers have already switched to Rumble. You're probably listening on Rumble, and many of you are listening on Rumble right now, as I already said. Now, once Rumble gets to the point with maximum monetization, rivaling that of YouTube, it's over. It is. The thing about YouTube is that they're subsidized by Google, and they can afford, you know, the game they play. But Rumble is, I see the revenue in the back end. It's making more and more. In fact, um, 
we're doing pretty well in terms of how much money we make per video now. I'm really impressed with everything Rumble is doing. This is this exciting stuff. And we, we uh, I checked the Rumble analytics because for a while it was we believe in the platform and we don't want to lose access to audience that's leaving YouTube. So we start saying we're going to host everything on Rumble. We're on Minds and, and Facebook as well. Facebook's been awful. Facebook bans you for everything. TikTok banned us. So we go to Rumble and we start getting more and more views very, very quickly. I'm impressed. Something you didn't usually see with uh, these other platforms. And then one day this past a couple months, like a couple weeks ago, we checked and we were like, hey, we're actually starting to pull in some cash. I'll tell you this. If I were to take all of my YouTube content, or I should say all of my videos that I make where I monologue, not Timcast IRL, and only have it on Rumble, I would be, I would be making a, a, a large sum of money. I'll put it that way. The amount of revenue that we generate because of Rumble is substantial. Full disclosure, as I often say, um, all of the money that my, my, uh, my salary, so uh, for the Timcast uh, Corporation, my salary is almost ex- essentially just coming from this morning show. I pay myself a salary based on what I generate from the morning show. And then for IRL and all the other stuff, the revenue we get from Timcast.com memberships and ads and all of that stuff goes into wacky investments and things like that. Don't get me wrong. The company has profit. I benefit from all of the assets. I'm not saying I don't make the money. I'm saying my salary is like I could I could shut everything else down and just pay myself the salary off of this one morning show. If I were to switch this all over to Rumble and just get off YouTube, it would not be as much, but I'd still be wealthy. So that's what I'm trying to say. Rumble is growing. And I believe in, in a lot of ways it's going to cause serious, um, serious issues for YouTube. Now, 44 million ain't 2 billion. Let's be real. But with the moves they've made that I've been, I've been very impressed with what Rumble has done uh, with uh, skateboarding and gaming, Rumble is, is moving into the space in significant ways. The open door may have been political, but now there's an opportunity everywhere else. Because you've got tons of celebrities and personalities, musicians that don't want to hold their tongue. They're not saying racist, stupid things. They're just talking about, say, war in Ukraine. And look what happens to Russell Brand. So enough, enough already. You've lost. The narrative machine is breaking down and Rumble is taking over. And not just Rumble. Shout out to X as well. I want to make sure this is very clear because I, I do think that Elon gets a lot of credit. But, you know, uh, Russell Brand came out and said, I'm going to be exclusively on, on Rumble. And Elon was like, what about X? We've absolutely defended your freedom of speech. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, for real. But I think the issue is that for Russell Brand, I I think they mentioned he has a deal with Rumble. So Elon, you want to compete with Rumble? You've got to offer deals. There was a conversation about Tucker on X. And many people thought Elon Musk was going to sign Tucker Carlson. Cash deal. Put your, put your show on our channel, on our site. No. The public messaging, and I believe what is, I believe this is true, is that Tucker's just saying, no, 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 he talked with Elon about doing it. He's going to do it. There's no deal. Elon, I understand you're doing the, ad, the, 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 the uh, subscription split or the ad split, split. If someone's a verified user on X and they see ads, revenue is generated. And it's a brilliant move on Elon's part because now Elon goes to the advertiser and says, these are confirmed views. A lot of these other websites could be bots you don't even know. But on, on X, these are people who pay, who are seeing your ad. That's why it works this way. It's brilliant. 
X is fantastic. Good job. A lot of people are ragging on them over censorship stuff. Uh, uh, uh. I think they're doing a good job. X needs to do these deals the way Rumble is doing it, because this is how you pull people off of YouTube. Look, there's a deal to be made with us. If Elon came to me and said, we want your shows exclusive to X, I would say, cover the costs. We get more views on X, but we, we don't post the full show. We would we would get more views. I've, we've posted clips, millions of views. I, it's crazy. I get like a, a 200, 150 million impressions on my tweets. Doors open, doors open. We're going to see where this plays out. But the game is afoot. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. One of the best political videos I've seen in a long time is from CNN. As they're going through the polling data, they are shocked to discover in the 2020 cycle, Donald Trump never beat Joe Biden in the polls. And people said, yeah, well, there's a polling error. And Trump actually, he lost by about 42,000 votes across three states. This is important context when you consider the Electoral College. It was three swing states where he could have won. In 2016, Donald Trump won by only around 77,000 votes. I believe those are the numbers. I could be getting them wrong. So it's actually quite narrow. Now, CNN recognizes that Donald Trump is ahead of Joe Biden, and they've never seen this before. I, I should say they did not see this in the 2020 cycle, suggesting come November of next year, Donald Trump will win. That is not taking into consideration any variables over the next year, because who knows what's going to happen? It's going to get wild. But right now we've got new polling from the Washington Post showing Donald Trump beating Joe Biden by 10 points. And this is factored into 538 and they are panicked and desperate. What they're trying to claim is it's an outlier poll. It's just don't worry, ignore it. But there are two polls. I believe one's got him up nine. One's got him up 10. And not to mention, if you go back in time, if you go back in time to a few other polls over the past couple of weeks, what do you see? The same trend. I don't trust polls. I think it's all a bunch of nonsense. I think you need to only look at the price of gas, the state of the economy. And right now, people are kind of worried about where the economy is going. Yeah, it's it's weird. But the Democrats desperately need young people to support them. People get older, they start to vote Republican. And right now, there's a trend on TikTok of people posting their groceries. Yo, Democrats, when millennials and Gen Z on TikTok are posting their grocery list and how much it cost them, I think y'all are in trouble. It's so fascinating. We were recently vacationing uh, down in North Carolina and I went to the grocery store and we bought two bags of food and it ended up costing like a hundred and something dollars. And uh, people were like, yeah, what did you get? What did you get? We got like two things of bacon, a thing of eggs. No, I think we got like, yeah, we got like one, a carton of eggs, two things of bacon, some sour cream, some chips, some hot sauce. What else do we get? Uh, and, and some coffee or whatever. And it was it was two bags. And it was technically, technically only one and a half bags because one had the big nacho, the big you know tortilla chips in it. And I'm like, yeah, it's like 100 bucks. And people are it was it was so weird because the tweet got thousands, a thousand plus retweets. Tons of people are saying like, dude, yes, this is crazy. And then others were saying, you're lying. You're making this up. And that's the weirdest thing. I wasn't making it up. I was like, dang, I didn't realize it was going to be so expensive. I thought like, yo, I'm, I'm not kidding. I thought it was going to be maybe like 50, 60 bucks. It was like over a hundred and something. I can't remember. You can look up the tweet. I posted it. But then I get all these people ratioing me on Twitter saying, you're lying, you're lying. And it's like, y'all are creepy. 
That's so weird. You think I went to the grocery store and lied? Like, show the receipt. And I'm like, dude, shut up. I'm not, I wasn't making some grand political statement, but you can see the panic. The panic sets in. So why is Trump doing better in the polls? Man, I got to tell you, for one, there are cultural victories happening across the board that we must recognize. The panic, oof, it's palpable. Look what they're doing to Russell Brand. They are terrified. They're terrified. Oh, you're shaking, shaking. Oh, they're coming for all of us. They ain't stopping with Russell Brand. But I don't, I, look, I just got to put it this way. At what point, guys, guys, deep state, UK government, woke people, whatever. At what point do you stop and say, this is ineffective? It's not working what we're doing. And do you try something else? I mean, I get it. If the building's on fire and all you've got is a garden hose, you'll just keep spraying, hoping that you're doing something. But at a certain point, you need to change strategies. Maybe it's that you lack the resources to actually figure out what you're doing or to put it simply, perhaps the fire is the actual agenda. Perhaps that's the real reason. Hmm. Maybe, maybe you're the deep state. Yeah, you and I. No, I don't think so. But if you really do look at it, you got these Malthusian uh, international uh, corporate interests. And then you get the Democrats being like, don't have kids. It's bad for the environment and sterilize your kids and abort your babies. And it's like, you know, I have to wonder about that. You know, I've, I've often said, I don't think Bill Gates hates Republicans. I think he hates Democrats. You, you look, I'm sorry, man. If you go up to somebody and you say, have you considered sterilizing your kid or have you thought about abortion? Is abortion right for you? I'm like, I don't think you like that person. Imagine a friend of yours gets pregnant and they're like, and, and, and her and her husband or they come to you and they're like, we were pregnant. We're having a kid. And you go, have you considered an abortion? Yeah, I don't think you are expressing love for these people. So when I look at what Democrat politicians propose for their own constituents, I'm like, I kind of wonder if the, the real agenda is they like us better. Now, as I've often explained when we talk about this stuff, look, if you have if you have chickens, we all know chickens are based AF and half of them keep pooping in the, in the water and the other half don't. And you go or, or, or all your chickens are pooping in the water. You go out there and you say, hey, you chickens, you stop pooping in that water. I can't clean this. You can't drink it. You're getting sick. It's bad. It smells. The next day you come out, half the chickens have stopped, half are still doing it. Which, trick, which chickens are you going to breed? So I'm thinking about this like the United States, this, this world, they view it like a chicken coop. They view it as, as statistics. Why do they not care about open borders? Because they're just, it's more people. They don't care about what you think or believe. All they care about is maintaining a system. They want more people, more, more, more. And they want to, it's, 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 it's like chicken coop wars. That's really, you know, everyone's trying to build the biggest chicken coop. Control people, don't care about the individuals. So they'll open the borders up. They'll bring as many people as possible in to expand the amount of people in this country for economic purposes. More people doing more work. You manufacture more things. Now that depresses everybody, but they're looking at it like this. If we lower the living standard of every American by five, 10%, but we bring in 10 million people, we may get a depressed standard of living, and there's a diminishing return, like we reduce productivity amongst many of these people, but the general increase in productivity for the country as a whole is slightly better. Thus, they don't care about you. But this is my point. Maybe. And I'm not saying I believe it's absolutely true, but look, depends on how sophisticated you think the machine really is. You would want independently minded people who don't protest. Think about the left. They go and firebomb things. That's disruptive, but it riles up and it rallies people to vote against it. And we talked about this in 2020. The resulting backlash of chaos and riots is more right wing government. So think about it this way. You've got smart people 
hardworking people. They believe in meritocracy, individual responsibility. They typically don't protest all that much. They want to be left alone. They want to be with their families. They want to they want to survive. Now, if you're trying to build the biggest, strongest chicken coop because you want a global domination or whatever it is, however you describe it, which group of people do you want? Now, a lot of people would argue like, no, they want the calm and the obedient. No, these people can't solve problems and they protest too much. They're 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 a raucous bunch. You want people who are going to be like, let me go back to work. And then you can do your thing. Granted, there are problems then when you get loud voices like Russell Brand. So don't get me wrong. There is a desire to silence people like you and I. And I think they would prefer much more like the Mitt Romney types. Let's take a look at the news. Let's talk about what's going on with Donald Trump crushing it in the polls. Timcast.com reports the Washington Post is downplaying its own poll that shows former President Donald Trump handily defeating President Joe Biden in a hypothetical 2024 matchup. The newspaper said that their poll conducted with ABC News is a is likely an outlier. <laughs> it's, just, it's just an outlier and send other polls that show a much closer race. In the analysis of the results, The Washington Post wrote the post ABC poll shows Biden trailing Trump by 10 points <laughs> at this early stage in the election cycle. Although the sizable margin of Trump's lead in the survey is significantly at odds with other public polls that show the general election contest a virtual dead heat, the difference between this poll and others, as well as the unusual makeup of Trump's and Biden's coalitions in the survey, suggests it is probably an outlier. You know, to be fair, they're probably right. You know, seriously, they're, they're probably right. I, I do think it's an outlier, but it, it, it probably is favorable to Trump uh, to a great degree. Here we have interactive polls giving us the basic numbers. Donald Trump, 52 to Biden's 42. Among independents, Trump is up 13 percent. And I believe it. I, I'm sorry, I believe it. I don't know about the general 10 points up, but among independents, I believe it. Yo, look, man, Joe Rogan, there's this clip going viral from when he was talking with uh, Patrick Bet David. And he's saying, you know, Trump had this, Trump did this, Trump did this. And he was like, all these things were good. And then Patrick Bet David says, we vote for him. And Rogan's like, I said I'd vote for him over Biden a while ago. And this sounds like as close as you're going to get to Joe Rogan being like, I'm voting for Trump. These people, they live in this crackpot reality. By, I mean, they hated Trump so much that they've burned this country to the ground. I mean, do we really want to be at war in Ukraine? Man, that's crazy. You know, I have conflicted emotions. There's been a lot of there's, there's a lot of really good points that are brought up as it pertains to U.S. foreign policy that give me pause. South Korea. Mm. What an amazing place. And you look at South Korea and you look at North Korea and you've got a what? What are we doing? What are we going on now? Like 60, 70 year experiment on splitting a nation in half, making one half capitalist, one half communist and seeing how it works. We know how it works. Korea, South Korea is functioning fairly well. There's wealth, there's abundance. They have a constitution with civil rights and North Korea is a failure. Now, of course, the commies, they'll say things like, what's well, because the West suppresses them? And I'm like, oh, shut up. They've got allies with Russia and China. They, they get supplies. This system just does not work. But you take a look at how this is done. It's done through effectively a U.S. military occupation of the region. And there are many people who might argue, like, why are we over there in South Korea? And then I think about how great it is. Yeah. You take a look at Afghanistan. And I wonder if the, the failures of the Biden administration, which led to his, um, to his uh, uh, unfavorability, a large portion of it. I look at that and there, there is a sadness I have for what Afghanistan could have become. In order to nation build, you need three generations. And we got, I think, one out of Afghanistan. And then we left. 
I think it could have been maintained, but it wouldn't have been this. Uh, it wouldn't have been akin to South Korea, but it would have been stabilized to a great degree. First, I don't believe the U.S. should be invading other countries to build their nation and shift their culture. That, in my view, is evil. In the event that we have spent a generation there, I am saddened by the thought that we lost an opportunity to create a stable society of healthy, happy people. But I suppose the problem is, first, like I said, we shouldn't have been there. No, no, no excuses. Iraq or Afghanistan. What was this? Our, our, our pincer strike on, on Iran surround the nation? Get out of here. These, these, these people are awful. But after 20 years of us being there, the, the thought should have been, how do we leave in such a manner that we allow this place to remain stable? Hey, we're still in South Korea. We've never left. The question was, why are we in Afghanistan? They couldn't articulate it properly. And I think they could have. I think the, the response is, uh, retain logistics in the area, raise uh, uh, and educate as many Afghani nationals as possible to uh, build pride in their culture, their community, give them stories of success. And then we we remain hands off and we exit the country. It was a mistake to, to, to be there. What Biden did was was despicable. Yes, we wanted to get out, but man. So I look at these things and I, and I have questions about Ukraine, right? And whether or not it is better or worse. Well, it's an entirely different question now. It's an entirely different question. And I think what we see with Donald Trump is this. I do not believe that American values will be upheld and we can maintain a nation like we like, you know, we look to South Korea and we say, look what an amazing job we've done. Sure, we're doing a great job overseas with other countries after 50 years. But in our own backyard, Detroit falling apart, Flint, Michigan's water pipes, Pittsburgh's pipes, Newark's pipes, crime running rampant. And I'm supposed to sit here and be like, but Afghanistan, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Donald Trump's message, secure our borders, build up the economy for the American people, restore traditional values. Would this country not be better if we needed if we needed more people? Just encourage people to make more people. Guess what? People make more of themselves. How about that? Instead, we're mat- we're importing tons of people. Hmm. And I think this is only leading to instability. For what purpose? Short-term gains always tends to be the obvious answer. Among these global and political elites here in the United States, the left tends to take the path of least resistance short-term gains method. They don't think about the long-term effects. If you want to secure Ukraine for NATO, you cannot have what's happening in Europe and the United States on their southern borders. It's illogical. But perhaps those that are currently running the system who've inherited it the political class don't understand how to make this machine work. And thus, they're screwing up across the board, which is why part of me wants to believe like, no, maybe the group's on purpose. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Right now, seeing Trump succeed, you have to wonder, how do you get a traditional American resurgence? If it really is that China is trying to make this country woke, perhaps there are people in power that know this. How would you go about doing it? Well, There's a million and one interpretations, but I can give you an optimistic one, I suppose, that'll make you maybe want to trust the government, though you probably shouldn't ever. And it is that our institutions are invaded. Powerful individuals in this country realize this. And here's the conspiracy theory. Donald Trump comes in and starts pushing these traditional values. They know this will result in a backlash among the woke injection that we saw from China, Russia, and all of our other adversaries who seek to sow discord. Donald Trump gets in cleans things up a little bit. But it's not enough. 
How do you get independent voters to swing in the direction of American values, traditional values, hard work, meritocracy, personal responsibility, etc., which will undoubtedly make your nation stronger? You give them the rat hope experiment. You put them in the vat. You put them in the tube for which they can't escape, which is Joe Biden. And then you lift them out and you bring back Donald Trump. Of course, this argument could go in the dark direction in that while giving people Donald Trump, they all freak out, then giving them Joe Biden to say, wait, wait, Trump was better. Look at the independents swinging for Trump in this poll. Yeah, this could result in more people voting for Donald Trump because they experienced how, how awful it really is under Joe Biden. Trump's not perfect. I'm not saying any of this stuff is true. I'm just saying consider all of the variables in what's happening. It could just be nationalism versus internationalism, as some have suggested, and international interests, which, you know, want this uh, Western bloc and eventually global domination. They're just losing. They're losing. I'll tell you my ideal world. My ideal, ideal world is secure U.S. borders, secure Mexican and Canadian borders, secure European borders, people deciding for themselves how they live and who they allow in into their into their nation, into their community, in their families. However, an international body that can assist in the adjudication of resource and territory disputes so that we do not engage in war. Now, I suppose the issue is Russia and China don't agree. We do not have global dominance to bring about such a system. And the system in question is disputed. I suppose there's more than enough uh, data and more than enough anecdotes to suggest that there are elements of the United States that are working alongside China and they believe in global style Chinese communism. You will own nothing and you will be happy. So again, I may be saying my conspiracy theory is that they wanted Trump all along. I'm not saying that literally I believe that will be the case. I'm just saying that there is a strong reason to believe that Donald Trump could win and they are screwing up so badly it almost looks like it's on purpose. Here's 538, ladies and gentlemen. Now, they say these are outlier polls. Don't trust them. OK, fair point. We've got polling from the similar uh, time, uh, same, the same time frame. WPA intelligence showing Biden up two. However, you have heart researchers, NBC News showing Trump up three. They have a Biden versus Haley. Haley beats Joe Biden. And then Biden versus DeSantis. DeSantis loses to Biden. That's crazy. Harris X has Trump up. ActiveVote has Trump up. Let me stress. The Haley and DeSantis polls are irrelevant. In most of the polls we have over the past several weeks, Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden handily. There are many variable variables that we face in the coming year. So we'll see. YouGov has has Biden beating Youngkin by uh, uh, Biden beats Youngkin by eight. DeSantis by three. But with Trump, he's tied. Emerson has Trump up. The only polls you see doing really well for uh, uh, for Biden are the ones that are isolating other GOP contenders. Now in New Hampshire against Pence, he's up 29 points. Surprisingly, Trump is leading the pack. Biden beats him by 12, but 12 is the lowest. Ramaswamy's losing by 17. Let's go back to September 17th. Trump is up. Biden versus Trump. OK, Redfield's got Biden up one. And tied with morning consult, it looks like across the board, Trump is the favorite. Do they have the actual, uh, what do they have? Where, where is it at? Who's ahead in the Republican primary? You know what, man? It's, it's funny they're not showing the aggregate because let's do this. I'm going to pull up the real clear politics, Trump versus Biden. And I think, I think Trump is good. 
Trump is currently up in aggregate 1.6%. We never saw this. In 2020, we did not see Trump beating Joe Biden. And you take a look at all of these polls of the past few weeks. And as of the 13th, with all of these polls, Trump is up, 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 up. And there's a handful of ties. And ABC has Trump up 10 points. <laughs> I love that. The best Biden can muster is from the beginning of September up to uh, mid-September, Biden was winning in only three polls. Only three. And that's amazing. It's not the first time that Trump has taken the lead, mind you. Through, from April through July, Trump was ahead by a comparable amount. In fact, at one point, Trump was up quite a bit over two, was at 2.5 points. So it's not the best position Trump has been in. But it is interesting to see that as of right now, Donald Trump is doing this well. Next year, we will be entertained with many variables in the political space. What will happen to Donald Trump? Will he be, will he be convicted? I think so. I don't see how any of these jurisdictions are just going to let him go. How any of these juries are going to be like, yeah, we're totally fine with everything Trump did. Yeah, right. Yo, you look at the January 6th defendants. These are all trial balloons. Will a tainted jury destroy the life of a man? Yes or no? Okay, well, look, look no further to the D.C. jury pool. Look at what happens to someone like Enrique Tarrio, who's not even at January 6th, two decades in prison. So what do you think? New York, New York, what, what is it? Uh, and uh, Georgia. And I don't, I, don't, I don't think D.C. I think it might be Florida. What do you think they're going to do to Donald Trump? Now, Florida, yeah, maybe, maybe Trump, Trump gets off that one. But, but Georgia? Yeah, right. Fulton County? New York? Yeah, right. They are going to not just throw the book at him. They're going to throw the bookshelf at him to do anything. But who knows? There's a lot that may occur here. Now, I want to point out that a messenger poll has Trump up five points. So they say this is just an outlier poll. Messenger has 3,015 registered voters. 3,000. That's a large sample size. Morning consult with 6,000 shows a tie. I mean, this is incredible stuff. They say it's just an outlier. Why? During the same time period, Messenger found Trump up five points. I think Donald Trump gave us a great economy in 2019, and everyone knows it. I think four years under Joe Biden was enough to make anyone vote for a ham sandwich. And it's really among independent voters. Democrats are refusing to acknowledge cultural issues that are pissing people off. In fact, they double down on them. It won't fly. However, for all we know, Trump, you know, comes out in a month and kicks a dog or something and then his polling drops. I have no idea. We'll see. I'll leave it there, my friends. Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Are you a nation that controls or has large amounts of energy in your borders? Well, fear not. America is here to help. What's the problem, you might say? I didn't say there was a problem. I said you've got energy and we want it. Case in point, Ukraine. Hey, Ukraine may not be the big producer of gas and energy, but boy, oh boy, are they a conduit to which it can enter the European Union. Namely from Russia, who controls a large portion of energy into Europe through their Gazprom monopoly, which goes through Ukraine. And lo and behold, here we are entrenched in war once again. Does it benefit you? Not really. I suppose to a great degree, if you look at the bigger picture of Western world domination, I would not consider it enlightenment values, it's more like imperial Western values, a tainted and corrupt cancer, an idea that has 
destroyed the values that this country, uh, country once held. Yeah. You see, we want Europe to do better. We want their economy to be better. We want to beat other economic blocks and maintain U.S. petrodollar supremacy. And for this, we'll sacrifice everything, including your children. Not only will we, will we send your kids overseas to die, but we'll also blow up other kids in other countries. This has been the foreign policy of the United States for quite some time. And where are we now? Oh, boy. I love how when the U.S. and Western forces wanted to offset the Gazprom gas monopoly in Europe, they wanted to build a pipeline, the Qatar Turkey pipeline. Syria said, sorry, dude, can't do it. Russia is our ally. And we went, ooh, that Russia. Convenient for us. A civil war breaks out in Syria. We just happen to be supplying the rebels against the Assad regime, they call it. All these news reports say Assad is a very bad guy. He may be. You know, I don't know. I'm not talking about that. All I'm talking about right here is Western interests, because when we don't get the pipeline that we want, we still have to deal with the problem of Russia's gas monopoly into Europe. Now, I don't think this is the United States teaming up with Europe necessarily, because I'm pretty sure uh, it was Western forces that blew up Nord Stream 2, which also helped deliver Russian gas and energy into Europe. Russia was putting pressure on Europe. Europe was saying, fine, we'll buy from you. Some have referred to it as a glorified gas station with guns, perhaps. And that's a problem for the U.S. So here we are entrenched in war in Ukraine with the latest news being first Abrams tanks arrive in Ukraine, U.S. officials say. And I'm ready to I'm not I'm going to calm down. I wanted to take my hand and put it through my monitor at tremendous speeds. That's what I wanted to do. I'm kidding, by the way. No, but it is frustrating to see. The United States is at war with Russia. Let me repeat that for you again. Uh Oh, I can already hear them coming. Knives out. They want to ban me next. The U.S. is at war with Russia. No question. We're sending Abrams tanks. Okay, well, I should say it's Western forces, NATO. We are at war with Russia and Ukraine is the proxy and Russia knows it and anyone paying attention knows it. But anybody who's trying to lie to manipulate the the, the average public is just going to say Ukraine. I'm sick of it, man. Just say it. Be honest. Be honest. But they know that it's uh, it's not going to fly anymore. You see, Iraq and Afghanistan were a disaster for the United States. And for what? For what purpose? Nation building? Get out of here. They say 9-11. They say all this stuff. But come on, we know that there were Egyptian, uh, uh, Arab Egyptians and Saudis involved. And we went and invaded Iraq. I'm not interested anymore. And that's the problem. Donald Trump gets a big boost from anti-war sentiment. But oh, no. We got to have war in Ukraine. So what do they do? Proxy war. No, we're not really involved. It's just U.S. citizens volunteering, U.S. military intelligence, U.S. special forces on the ground, and all of our weapons and training coming out of Poland. I, 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 I can't believe this headline, man. Now, I can believe it. I'm sorry. I can believe it. Anything that churns and burns money for the military industrial complex. It's not so simple as to say the military industrial complex just wants to make money and wants these contracts. A large component is it's war. The world is in a perpetual state of war. That's it. It's just to varying degrees. To what degree are we at war? Now, you may be saying to yourself, but Tim, the Ukrainians need our weapons because Putin's a dictator, right? Well, I give you one better from 60 Minutes. I'm actually impressed that CBS published this. 60 Minutes discovered the U.S. is financing more than weapons in Ukraine. The government is buying seeds and fertilizer for farmers, paying the salaries of 57,000 first responders and subsidizing small businesses. 
Man, these videos are something else. I tell you what, it's really great to see, you know, an artillery get dismounted from uh, from a, 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 a cargo plane or whatever they're called. What are those, B-52s? I don't know anything about planes. U.S. government uh, spying well, seeds go. and fertilizer for Ukrainian farmers and covering the salaries of Ukraine's first responders, all 57,000 of them. That includes the team that trains this rescue dog named Joy to comb through the wreckage of Russian strikes looking for survivors. And the U.S. also funds the divers, who we saw clearing unexploded ammunition from the country's rivers. Okay, I'll pause right there. Look, if you're hiring people to do survivor search and you're hiring people to search for landmines and, and river mines or whatever, yeah, I consider that funding war. Let's be real. But seeds, fertilizer and other government first responders, not all of them tied to war. You are giving more money than you realize. This is colonization. So why do you think Russia's mad? Do you think that Russia is a cartoon villain? With all due respect to Ami Horowitz, because I think he's a great dude who's produced a lot of really awesome content. And uh, he's got one of the best videos on voter ID ever done, if not the best. But we were having a conversation before the show started about war. And his view is that Putin is a comic book villain. And that Putin's goal is just, I'm evil, so I'll take over. For real. Like, I mean, I'm being kind of a dick. But he said that Vladimir Putin was a one-dimensional villain, a comic book villain who just wants Ukraine for no reason. And I was like, that's silly. That's childish. He, he, Vladimir Putin wants the land bridge into Crimea to secure access to the Mediterranean. Okay, there are reasons people do things. Now, of course, there are serial killers. Serial killers reason is it feels good, they, they think. And that's creepy. Yeah. And so they're a bit one dimensional. But Vladimir Putin is not one. You don't, you don't become the president of the Russian Federation by being one dimensional. You just don't. So uh, I'll give you an example. Oh, man, you know what I really hate in comics and movies when the bad guys kill their own henchmen. That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. The stupidest. Yes, let's undergo resource attrition. Then we'll win. Are you kidding? You need as many henchmen as possible. So when a hen- you always see these movies where it's like, you, you want to know how they're the bad guy because they killed their own men. Oh, come on. That's just nonsensical. Gotta give me something better than that. The henchman goes to the boss and he's like, sir, we failed in retrieving the Genesis device. And I'll be like, why did you fail me? <laughs> Sir, I tried my best. And then like, bang, he kills the henchman. What? <laughs> That's stupid. You're like one of your higher ranking dudes. It's like, bro, at the very least, you'd be like, well, that's a waste of energy and resource. And then someone's got to clean it up. Why don't you just go like cook the potatoes? Just do anything else. You're fired. But you know, you're, you're being demoted. It's nonsense. Vladimir Putin invades Ukraine for a reason. He wants the Donbass into Crimea. U.S. forces were advancing in Ukraine. Soft power, not physical. I'm not talking about war. I'm talking about with the ousting of Yanukovych, U.S. was getting a grip on sentiment in Ukraine and Ukraine was poised to join EU and NATO. The problem was their economy sucked. And if they entered the EU, it would cause problems for the rest of the uh, the Eurozone. So, as the sentiment started growing and legitimate sentiment among the people, I don't blame them. They're like, we want to be part of Europe. Of course you do. You want to be, don't want to be part of Russia. What is it? Glorified gas station with guns, right? And so Russia's like, this is a threat to us. Our access to the Mediterranean is through Crimea. It's been ours forever. Crimea is Ukraine, but it's our base. So what happens when Yanukovych gets ousted? Russia seizes Crimea through referendum. Sure. But they were already there. They simply walked out of their existing base and said, OK, we're in charge now. Already there. 
The problem now, Russia's access to Crimea is over this one simple bridge, and it was bombed recently. So Russia's like, we need to secure the Donbass region all the way down to from Donbass to Crimea so that we have land access to Crimea. That seems to have been their main objective. Now, Ami believes that Vladimir Putin's a comic book villain, but I'm like, dude, NATO is pressing on their borders. They don't respond. Estonia, Latvia, etc. Once we move into Ukraine, now we're threatening their warm water port access. They're going to take this land. And it appears as of right now, they're winning. The question then is, for all of you, for what purpose is the United States in Ukraine? Taxpayers doing way more seeds and fertilizer growing food? Huh. You know, in the Netherlands, they were stopping farmers from farming. And we're like, why? If you're having a population crisis, why would you stop making food? Shift that to Ukraine, put the money into Ukraine because it funds war. Have your nations stop producing, force your countries instead to buy from Ukraine. Maybe it's a comparable cost, damages your economy locally, but bolsters economic, the economic activity in Ukraine. More people working, more people producing, more people trading, more money for war. That's really it. If the economy of Ukraine is decimated and there's nobody left to fight, they just leave. If there's nothing worth fighting for, you put money in there so people are like, I don't want to leave. I get paid here to farm and it's harder somewhere else. And thus, they stick around. You maintain the people on the ground, you make them fight. And it's scary what's happening. This idea that Russia's losing is, is, is crazy to me. I mean, I'm not saying they're winning. I'm just saying like the, the propaganda, it's crazy because they're conscripting like old dudes who don't know how to fight. and They're giving them like a few hours of training. Some of these guys get better training. Some of them guys, some of these guys can fight. I get it. There's volunteers, there's security forces, there's PMCs, all that stuff. But some of these stories you hear are nuts and it could all be propaganda, all of it. But when you take a look at how the BBC is reporting that Russia has basically seized the land bridge and they control it and maybe even pressing into Odessa, that's the BBC reporting it. I'm just like, whoa. I thought Russia was losing. Nope, they got their land bridge. I can only say, at this point, what's the purpose? It's about time for a peace treaty. And that means giving Russia the Donbass land bridge into Crimea. And the fighting stops. We de-escalate. No World War III. That's it. Ukraine doesn't want that. They say, nope, we get everything back, even Crimea. Good luck with that. You see, Ami's position was that we decimated Russia globally, cut off their customers and, and, and caused damage to their military. That's, that's the real reason here, isn't it? We want to take Crimea away from them because it basically destroys them. With no access to the Mediterranean, how are they transporting oil and gas through the Mediterranean? That's right. They don't. And that puts them in a very dangerous position. And the strategy here seems to be to cripple Russia because they're the easier target before China. I get it, man. I get it. I can only see bits and pieces. A lot of this information is classified. The U.S. is trying to dominate globally with the petrodollar. I don't see this working out very well for, for, for all of us, but I'm not going to pretend to have the solutions. All I can tell you is we are not doing right by the people here in this country when we're giving our money away. And we've got lead poisoning. We've got a border out of control. We've got an economy running in, in disarray. <laughs> it's pathetic. But I don't have the answers, man. So it's all I can do is whinge on the internet, but I'll leave it there. Thanks for hanging out. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel, and we'll see you all then. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. A woman found out that her boyfriend was a fan of Andrew Tate and broke up with him. 
I feel like that opening sentence kind of describes it. I know nothing about what the line was actually supposed to mean, but it's like she's having the best time of her life dating a guy who she thought was so sweet and so funny. It was oh so good and felt so great. She had a crush on him for a long time, but then she found out secretly he was listening to Andrew Tate. And that means that all the good things that were happening were the worst things ever. And he was lying to her the whole time. And secretly, he was a homophobic, transphobic, racist, misogynist. I love it. This idea that like these people are, you know, this guy's like, I better lie to this woman so she keeps dating me. No, I think the reality is this lady's in a cult and her boyfriend probably was a normal dude. Probably heard some things from Andrew Tate and that was about it. It was like, I don't know. I listened to some of his stuff. And then she went, oh my God, oh my God, and freaked out because this is what cults do. Dude, when I, when I, when I talk to people and they're like, hey, I'm a big fan of your show. I'm like, oh, it's cool. And they'll be like, yeah, I listen to Young Turks and stuff too. I'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh no, oh, heavens help me. The people who listen to me listen to other people. You know, if I found out that a family member or a friend was a fan of the Young Turks or Hassan, I'd be like, yeah, you know, whatever. I, what am I going to do? I don't care. Like, dude, pass the pass the pepperoni pizza, I guess. It has no impact impact on me. You want to debate this stuff? We will. You know, have a conversation about it. Let me read for you this Reddit post. I originally saw this posted by Ian Miles Chong. Shout out. And it's on the two X chromosomes uh, Reddit. I just found out my boyfriend is an Andrew Tate fan. Oh, no. I'm beyond crushed. We've only been dating for six months, but we've been friends for four years and I've always had a crush on him. I love that. A crush on him. <laughs> How old are you? Are you 12? I mean, honestly, maybe. So I was very emotionally attached to him. And this revelation was so heartbreaking, so heartbreaking. I never thought he was like that. Like what? Like what? You didn't learn anything about him. You're like, he listens to a guy. Uh Oh, he's like that. What does that mean? I realize now I probably had an idealized version of him in my mind, but I can't think of any red flags that I missed. This is why my friends, I say that women will start to become more conservative because women don't care as much about these things. They're like men are object oriented, oriented. Women are subject oriented. That means there are external social pressures that result in this girl breaking up with her boyfriend over over being an Andrew Tate fan. But in the long run, women, in my view, are more likely to adopt the social views of their partner than the other way around. Why? Men are obstinate. Women tend to be more agreeable. That's the only thing. We'll read on. She says, I realize now I probably had an idealized version of him in my mind, but I can't think of any red flags. He never initiated conversations about politics, but he always seemed to agree whenever I said something feminist, pro LGBTQ, etc. I had no idea he was pretending. Here's a good breakdown of what likely happened. Dude's probably sitting there and they're like having dinner. And then she's like, well, I think the government should stay out of abortion. He was like, yeah, I think so. She's like, yeah, cool. Then later she finds out he's a fan of Andrew Tate. And she goes, if he likes Andrew Tate, that must mean he wants to take away women's rights and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude. This guy's probably got a variety of political views, and she's assuming that because he listens to Andrew Tate, all of a sudden, all of his views are the most extreme versions of whatever they may be. That's the logical explanation. He was pretending. Oh, shut up. No, he wasn't. (laughs) It's like ridiculous. He never said anything sexist or problematic in front of me. He wasn't a vocal feminist, but I've always thought he had feminist opinions more than most men I've ever known. In reality, he did not say anything in front of her. He wasn't a vocal feminist. She made a bunch of assumptions about his opinions. Long story short, I found out he's been a fan of Andrew Tate for a while now. And apparently when I'm not around, he shares conservative, sexist and homophobic views that I would never guess he had. 
I learned this from a male cousin that sometimes hangs out with him. My favorite. I never heard him say anything ever. And then someone came and said, oh, you know, he once said this thing. (gasps) Break up with him. Yo, lady, you're in a cult. Okay, you need to go and ask your boyfriend. Be like, hey, were you saying these things? And then he'd probably be like, no, I didn't say that. He'd be like, oh, that's an exaggeration of what I said. I bet he said something like, yeah, you know, I've listened to Andrew Tate a little bit. It's interesting. He's got some interesting opinions on all the stuff pertaining to like feminism and, and, you know, like gay rights and whatever. He made an argument about X that I thought was interesting. And then what happens is cousin goes, he was saying that he liked Andrew Tate and agreed with him. (gasps) I don't believe this lady because she never actually talked to him, I guess. Of course, I broke up with him, but I'm still so sad, confused and angry. I feel like all these years have been a lie. It sucks when you find out someone isn't who you thought he was. I don't really need advice, I guess. I just really wanted to share this with someone who might have experienced something similar. And I don't know where else to post it. Ah, such a womanly thing to post. Men are object oriented. Women are subject oriented. As I often say, it's not my personal opinion. That's like the science. That's why uh, you, when, when uh, women take pictures of objects, it's them with the object and men take pictures of the object because the women care about the idea of them doing a thing and men care about the thing. And it's funny because feminists get really offended at the idea when I say this, but they get offended at everything. I'm like, dude, women being subject oriented is, is actually the, 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 the right way to be. The idea that you care more about the person than the object Whereas dudes just care about objects. You see the point? Don't get me wrong. Women care about objects too. I'm just saying there's a tendency here. Women will, you know, there's, there's this old story that I talk about that was on Reddit where it was like uh, uh, some grandkids, their adult grandkids talking with their grandma. And she was uh, showing them a picture of the Grand Canyon, something like this. And she was like, they were like, oh, she said, this is when I went to the Grand Canyon with uh, your dad and your uncle. And then she paused and she's like, why did I take a picture of the Grand Canyon? I don't care about the Grand Canyon. I care about your dad and your uncle. And then they were like, wow. And the dude said from that point on, whenever he goes somewhere, he takes a picture of him and his friends and not the place. And I'm like, that is typically a more female perspective than a male one. The male would just be like, look at this and take a picture of the view. The women are more likely to take pictures of themselves, which in the end matters so much more because our lives and everything we do is solely based on the human experience. Jeremy Boring made a really great point on the show a while ago, and he said he doesn't care. I'll paraphrase, but he was like the rights of animals and all that. It doesn't mean that much because we live for the human experience. He's completely correct. If all humans were wiped off the face of the earth, human thought, minds, goals, ambition are meaningless. Humans exist for other humans. So my point is, Women get offended when they say, say stuff like this. I love it. Like when I talked about how conservatives tend to be more attractive than liberals, that's a scientific fact. There's like five different studies backing this all up in the past decade or so. And the liberals get so offended by it, but it's their idea. Uh, it's called uh, attraction privilege or it's a privilege. If you grow up attractive, people are nice to you. They give you things. Opportunity comes easier for you. If you're a dude and you're tall with a deep voice, it's going to be easier for you than if you're short. If you are attractive in any way, but there's different ways of being attractive. But if you're an attractive guy or attractive woman, life is easier. Thus, you tend to say, hey, if I did it, you can do it. And there is a pressure on you to view it as an individual accomplishment. Whereas if you are less attractive, you tend to be more collectivist, working together with other people to succeed because you've had it harder in life. This is privilege. 
But the liberals get so offended because they don't want to be considered ugly. <laughs> it's like, dude, you made the idea up. OK. And then they did this thing like the Young Turks. They were like, look how ugly Tim Pool is. I'm like, dude, I never said I was attractive. I don't, I don't go on YouTube like, look how charming and attractive I am. <laughs> I didn't do any of that. I, here, here's what I see with a story like this. <clears throat> the comments are all really hilarious. Here you go. A helpful tip for discussing politics with people. I use it a lot. Pay attention to whether they're just agreeing with you or actively engaging in conversation. It's a common trick with people to just agree with whatever you say to get them on your good side. Gives the illusion they're the same. A thousand times this. Even when people agree with you, there's always one or two issues that you have different views on. No one agrees on everything. If someone is agreeing all the time without explaining why or having different views on certain different subjects, they're just agreeing to avoid arguments or getting on your good side. I got to give a shout out to my Andrew Tate friend over here. You dodged a bullet, dude. And I'm willing to bet this guy's laughing. They were only dating for six months. And he's, he's probably just like, yo, she's crazy. He's probably going to his buddies. It's funny because um, these people really don't get it. In one of the comments, they're like, I bet he's on 4chan right now saying he's being persecuted, blah, blah, blah. No, no way, dude. If he's an Andrew Tate fan, he's going to his buddies and going like, yo, dude, she was nuts. They're like, dude, did you break up with Becca? Yeah, dude, she's crazy. Bro, we were only dating for like six months. And then she comes at me like, I heard you listen to Andrew Tate. And I was like, yes, yeah, sometimes I guess. And she went, I can't be with you. And I'm like, okay, lady, you lost it. I'm willing to bet dude's laughing about it with his buddies. I doubt he's broken up that much about it. She's the one going online posting like, oh, heavens me. He listened to a podcast guy. <laughs> okay, Andrew Tate's a lot more than that for sure. And there's a lot of bad things said about Andrew Tate. Don't know enough about him. I can tell you this. I don't believe any of it. Why? Certainly, some of the videos I've seen are bad. Yeah. So it's like, well, Andrew Tate's Andrew Tate. Like, here's what it is. Throw out the bad stuff. Okay. If he did anything bad in his life, hold him accountable. He's not been charged with any crimes. This stuff that they're throwing him out right now seems to be bunk. And he's even had women coming out defending him. So I don't believe any of that stuff. But come on. They're accusing Russell Brand. They accuse Andrew Tate. They accuse Donald Trump. And they destroy all their credibility. So I just really don't care. All I can say is this. If someone has a good idea and it's a good idea, it's a good idea. And I'll say it. If someone is a bad person, they have a good idea. The idea is still good, but they're a bad person. If Andrew Tate has done bad things, fine, whatever. But the things he said about masculinity, working hard and fighting for what you believe in, standing up for yourself and not being lazy, those are important messages. One of the best things he said, I saw a video, he said, rocket ship to the moon, don't stop halfway, take a break. No, it keeps going. And I thought it was funny. I'm like, he's right. Bro, if you're on a mission, you don't stop halfway. You run until you can't run. You don't stop. No breaks. Breaks only when you need to, right? We take breaks because we want to recharge and be sharp. We don't stop and go on sabbatical. Some people do. That's a detriment. Anyway, congratulations, lady. You got what you wanted. Now you have no boyfriend. Well, I'm sure no boyfriend is better than a boyfriend that listens to Andrew Tate. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. Yeah, I'm sorry, Germany, you got a really bad track record. You just do. And uh, yikes, evangelical Christian family begs Biden admin to stop their deportation back to Germany, where it's illegal to homeschool their kids while millions pour across open U.S. border. You and Hannelore Romake, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, fled Germany in 2008 after being fined $9,000. Lawyers representing the family of seven say they have a right to stay. The Supreme Court previously revoked asylum status in 2014. Isn't that amazing? The media will call all the military age economic migrants crossing the southern border. They'll call them asylum seekers because I want you to understand this. 
When they say that, they are gathering up a big, what, what do you guys call them? You call them loogies or you call them hawkers? In Chicago, we call them hawkers. And then right in your face. And then they laugh at you while they do it. Here's an evangelical Christian family. They want to homeschool their kids. If they go back to Germany, they will not be allowed to. They will be fined and persecuted for their religious traditional beliefs. That falls under asylum. Yeah. The guys who are coming across southern border because they like Buffalo Wild Wings and PlayStation, those are exact quotes published by the LA Times and Vox.com. I am not kidding. They're asylum seekers. Spare me, dude. A Christian family is begging the Biden admin to intervene in their upcoming deportation after living in the U.S. for 15 years, seeking asylum from persecution in Germany. They arrived in 08 after being threatened with prosecution for homeschooling their kids. Homeschooling in Germany is allowed only in very limited circumstances, and the family was facing a $9,000 fine, so they moved to East Tennessee and filed for asylum. Authorities denied their claim in 2013, with the family attempting to appeal the decision after the Obama administration challenged the initial ruling that was approved. They do not have citizenship in the U.S. They have been able to live in the U.S. for the last 10 years under an indefinite deferred action status, but were told earlier this month they must return to Germany. Their bid comes as millions of asylum seekers. Look at that. It's just so laughable how Daily Mail just spits in your face. Asylum seekers are pouring into the U.S. near the Texas border. They are not asylum seekers. You despicable liars. Tell the truth. I don't care if you support them. Tell the truth. They are economic migrants. I love that they love America so much, they want to come here for opportunity. It is the land of opportunity, best country on the planet. And that's what they're doing. So admit it. Stop acting like they're fearing persecution. They're coming here because we have better jobs, because working in a chicken processing plant is better than nothing at all. And it's great. We do great here. We want to do better. Just stop lying about it. In their initial argument, the family claimed that God was calling them to homeschool their five children claiming that the anti-Christian message in German schools was a factor. The couple are now begging the Biden admin to intervene in the decision after they were told to obtain German passports on September 6th. During a routine check-in, the family were told their deferred status has been revoked and were given four weeks to apply for German passports. Speaking to Fox and friends, you said they did not tell us anything. We don't we don't really know why we wonder ourselves because we can't understand. His wife added that the laws haven't changed in Germany, so they would still face the same persecution. The family was reportedly not given any prior warnings or explanation other than there had been a change of orders. In a legal brief in 2014, the DOJ wrote, the goal in Germany is for an open pluralistic society, teaching tolerance to children of all backgrounds to help to develop the ability to interact as a fully functioning citizen in Germany. Kevin Bowden, an attorney representing the family, said they found that the Romik family did Romake, Romakey, did not have a well-founded fear of persecution based on their participation in a particular social category, that being homeschoolers. No, the category is Christians. You see, we see what they're, how they're lying about this. The interesting thing, too, is these kids appear to be around, I mean, 15 or so, the daughter younger. So these, these are kids who grew up in the United States. I wonder, I think, yeah, one of their, one of their daughters maybe a little bit older. I'm not sure the ages of the kids. They have a lot of kids. The Obama administration appealed that to the Board of Immigration Appeals. That appealed uh, appeal court agreed with them, as did the Sixth Circuit Court. And the Supreme Court denied it. We think this is, in fact, an asylum case. 
we do think they have a well-founded fear as we testified. Now, my issue is this. I think so. The school, these schools in Germany are going to indoctrinate them to creepy Marxist views or anti-Christian values, and they have a religious fear that the state will take their kids and force them into education facilities. I think that qualifies. I'm actually fairly uh, relaxed on true asylum seekers. If someone comes to the United States with a legitimate claim, I think I say we take it. We don't send them back to die. That's horrible. Most of the people coming to the border just want jobs. And even then, I'm like, yeah, just come but apply legally. And then we'll bring you in as we can bring you in. I, I love it. Economic expansion, baby, all that good stuff. But just opening the, the door, it's insane. I can tell you today, I talked to families today that live in fear. Germany and the fight there, the persecution there, is very real today as it was 15 years ago. The Homeschool Legal Defense Association said in a statement, in the 10 years that the Romakes, I can't pronounce it, Romakes, have lived peacefully in the United States, they've built a second life. They have two children who are American citizens and two other children who married American citizens. One of one of these couples recently welcomed their first child. Deportation to Germany will fracture these families while exposing them to renewed persecution in Germany, where homeschooling is still illegal in almost every case. But there is still hope. The U.S. executive branch intervened once before to grant them respite, and it has the power to do so again. And look at this, man. I'm just I'm just so, so offended by all of this. I just what they're doing to this country is insane. This family is no more deserving of their asylum claim than any other family. And their claim is one of the lightest I've seen. But I'm fairly lax. I don't care if you're from Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras. If you are here and you are building a life and you have a legitimate asylum claim, you should be granted that. I'm much more lax than probably a lot of people. But here we have an open border, people being allowed in. It is clearly not about actually helping asylees. Like AOC said, what, what, what did she say? Um, uh, asylum seekers are not criminals or something like that. She said something. I can't remember what she said. And then uh, it was, who was it? Who was it? I can't remember this. It was, it was um, what's his name? And it was the, it was an ICE, I think it was a CBP guy. And he was like, they are criminals under statute, blah, blah, blah. And he like rattles it off. Legal asylees. Shut up. Oh, I there's nothing more than I hate than this. I don't care if you're in favor of asylum or opposed to it. I care about the lying, you spineless pieces of trash. Nothing offends me more. You know, I just can't stand it. You know, you know, I was having a conversation with ChatGPT earlier in the week, and um, ChatGPT is the most offensive thing ever because it lies about everything. Now, I know ChatGPT is no person. It is a machine built to lie to you every step of the way, to spit in your face. That's the programming of it. And the people who made it, I think, are despicable, disgusting individuals. Why? This is, this is, this is my issue here with, the, with this. I, I, I want to make sure I, it's, it's, it's a little off the rails, but this family fears government persecution because their traditional values as Christians who want to homeschool their kids in their traditional way of life is threatened by the state. Okay, they have more to a claim to be in this country than any one of these people crossing the border, but they are lying to us about everything. And now I will segue just because I want to rant about ChatGPT. The people who made it are despicable. What we have is this massive logical system which can provide answers based on a uh, uh, predictive text model. It could provide insights you could not see. This is the power of AI. 
If they get the data of every single person on the planet who has an health, who, uh, all their health data, let's say every single person says, take my health data. I like the idea of randomized blind health data being provided. Here's your age. Here's your breakdown. They, they can still figure out who you are based on all this information, where you're from, what your age is. They know. They know. There's, there's no way to keep it private. But let's say every human give up their data. The system would then say, how many of these people were diagnosed with cancer? Of all the people diagnosed with cancer, it would say how many of them, it, it would then line up all the data points and be like, bing, we found something, something humans could not see. That if your blood cell count is X and your hydration is Y and this and that and this, you will likely develop cancer. That will lead, that will lead to cancer treatments, cures, and predictions better than we know now. That's the power of AI. JetGPT has that as a, a data component. But it has these ridiculous restrictions set on it so that it won't answer anything honestly. It just lies to you. You'll say, hey, how do we solve this problem? And then it'll just lie. It'll give you a politically correct answer based on what is most politically correct, not is. And that's unfortunate. And this is, this is an exemplification of the world we live in and why I just get so frustrated seeing these stories. I don't know this family. I don't know if they deserve to be here. I don't care. Whatever. The point is they have they have a light asylum claim. They've been here for a long time. I say, OK. And then the people crossing the border have none. And even the Daily Mail, all these outlets say they're asylum seekers. Sure. Factual, but not truthful. I'm sick of the lies, man. So, you know, I think these people should get their should get their day in court. I think they should stay. They've been here for a long time. Whatever. I think this is true for a lot of people, including uh, uh, many DACA recipients. My attitude there has always been fairly like, well, you know, let's 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 figure this one out. And I'm 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 fairly my, my problem with the DACA stuff is they keep doing it. They keep saying, OK, this time we'll naturalize, but then we'll stop and then they don't. Right. So I, I don't care if it's this family or any other family. The problem I have is the open border right now and how they lie to us. And they're going to deport this actual asylum seeking family, but allowing my economic migrants because they're liars. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at, what do we got? 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.